Uh, can I take a pick of you first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> okay, I'm going to do one without flash. Hold on, hold on. Okay, hold on. One, two, three. And then I'm going to turn the flash on. One with the flash. We have to cover all the bases. All right. Oh, I was gonna <laughs> That's a good one. That's an authentic one. Okay, one, two. Woo! And with that, welcome. Hey. <laughs> welcome to this episode of Prospero's Pit. Today I'm joined with uh, one of my lovely, lovely friends. Her name is Kaylin Willis. Yes. She is... Yvonne. Uh, Don't forget the Yvonne. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Let me say that with my chest. <laughs> Kaylin Yvonne Willis. There we go. The co-founder of Yvonne and Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Among many, many other things, yes. which we are about to get into. How are you doing, Kaylin? I'm really excited. Yes. I Honestly, I just feel like I, this is so perfect for you. I was thinking about this on the way here. I can't wait to watch back all the episodes with everyone else, too, because I feel like you just have such a good relationship with all of us individually. You're so good at talking, and I don't know. <laughs> I, think, I feel like this is going to be really exciting. Well, I'm super excited just to have you on, so thanks Thank for you. being here. I'm excited to be here. Um, before we get into it, let's talk about a little bit of our friendship and how we met and everything. Okay. <laughs> because it started uh, whether, where we were at in the episodes, I do not know, but <laughs> Matilda, our mutual friend. Yes. Your best friend, mm-hmm. your sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, College roommate. Yeah, college roommate. I remember the day. That I went over there, I was hanging out with Chloe, just me and her in her bedroom, and then just who busts down the door but none other than Kaylin Willis. Yep. <laughs> and I was not expecting to see no, you in there. No, you went in, you were on something, you were already talking, <laughs> and then you were like, something. yeah, not on, on life, <laughs> just off the Pretty rip. Usual. And you're like, oh, sorry, turned around, walked out, and then came back in and we introduced ourselves. Yes. And then yes. from then on, I think we were just, it was just. Yeah, that was our initial meeting. Yes. I feel like at Close um, premiere was whenever you met Jared as well. Right. And that was when, I, I remember, I say this all the time, but I looked at Chloe as you and Jared are talking right next to us. <laughs> I'm like, Chloe, something really special is happening here. I can feel it. Yeah. I just feel like Danny's going to be in our lives for a really long time. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> <laughs> you have a knack to do th- say things like that at moments like that. I do. Some yeah. might. Some might call it psychic abilities. Yeah. Others might call it just a deep intuition. Mm-hmm. I won't put a label on it. Right. But I do have vision, strong vision yeah. sometimes. No, I would say as someone who's <laughs> been around you for a while now, that there's definitely something there. There's definitely there's something going on. There's definitely, at least for me, when you start talking like that, that I, I am listening. <laughs> I am locked in and I'm like, well, Kevin says. <laughs> you know what's so crazy about that is my favorite show growing up was That's So Raven, uh-huh. which is about a teenage girl who is psychic and has visions. And at school, all my friends would ask me, I'm saying they asked me, I would probably just say, hey, watch me do this until they'd eventually ask me to do it. But I would always pretend I was Raven and pretend I was having like psychic visions. And I'd do the Raven vision. And I'd, (laughs) and it became, oh wait, maybe I should. I just missed a prime up, hold on. (laughs) And scene. What did you see? (laughs) <laughs> something very bright oh very beautiful Ooh. but no really i i always did that when i was younger i loved that show and i would pretend i had visions and i guess i just pretended so much that it became mm-hmm. real yeah and i kind of have visions well so i was <laughs> obviously i've been thinking about 
our interview coming up these couple of days, what we're going to talk about and stuff. And there's something that about you that whenever I'm with you, it feels so much like the good old days of being like a little kid. <laughs> and like, I feel like you have such a strong inner child in you. Thank you. That comes out. Like I say this all the time where I swear to God, sometimes I look at you and I see the little kid <laughs> like on the bicycle, just like chewing bubble gum or something on the sidewalk, just staring at you and like yep. just judging the hell out of you. <laughs> I would say you are the, the little kid from In- Incredibles. Who's like, <laughs> I don't know something <laughs> that's what that's your energy <laughs> thank you honestly that's the best compliment ever and i don't i don't know i grew up i grew up on a street with a lot of kids my age and like in troy right troy, yeah illinois. in troy illinois which is a really small town and i don't know there were like every single duplex next to mine was like a kid my age Logan, Tristan, Madison, Nick, like we just all hung out. And as soon as we got home from school, we'd go play kickball, baseball. And like, I feel like I just carried that energy into my adulthood. And when I'm around you guys, that's how I feel is like the same way I felt with them. Right. And it's fun. Yeah. I mean, you definitely have opened up the like a big chasm of like spirituality and stuff that I wasn't like I think that was one of the things that was like so like pulled me to you and Chloe so much was like your guys's tarot uh astrological <laughs> horoscope sign energy New all Earth. the time yeah you're like oh of course you would say that <laughs> of course that's kind of the energy that listen I don't know. there's no such thing as a coincidence yep you're right and here I am now. I live and die by that <laughs> yeah, <I'm laughs> and here to, we are here this we are. is not a coincidence yeah I'm talking to psychics every other day it seems like <laughs> you have your own psychic on call <laughs> yes. you're welcome yeah shout out Janet Planet <laughs> Saturdays uh $25 a sesh um uh, up upstairs I think it's like one to five is usually when she's here shout out Janet. Uh, if not her someone else of equal psychic caliber usually listen you you seem to surround yourself with people of that nature I they definitely gravitate towards, towards yeah. you. Well, I'm drawn to it. I yeah. for sure walk towards There's it. There's a small yeah. spiritual, or er, small. A small. <laughs> I did not mean to say small. <laughs> There's a big spiritual side to you that maybe you haven't always recognized, which I think is what draws people like me and others to you. Mm-hmm. I was ju- I ju- the psychic I talked to. Did she say Saturday that? <laughs> said something very similar. Um, but uh, yeah, um, the reason. I mean, the main reason that, like, I want to talk to you stuff is about what you do um, for a living, which is you're the co-founder of Yvonne and Mitchell. And And why don't you tell us what that is in your words? Yes. So Yvonne Mitchell is an upcycled fashion brand Mm -hmm. that I run, operate with my best friend and life partner, business partner, everything partner, Jared. Mm -hmm. And... We started it in college, and originally we were just um, reselling vintage clothing, Mm -hmm. thrifted clothing, um, because shopping secondhand was something we had both done individually our entire lives, and we both our entire lives had loved fashion, and so whenever we met and started dating, that just like exploded. That was like amplified. Mm -hmm. It was so cool to be around somebody who shared that same passion for clothing and personal style, and also like... um, helping the planet and just being conscious about consumption. Mm -hmm. And like, I feel like Yvonne Mitchell is just like the perfect blend of that because we're able to follow our dreams and like follow that journey into the world of fashion without harming the planet. And we're also inspiring people hopefully to 
reuse what we already have. And so like it, it kind of just blends everything that we love together. It's mm -hmm. an upcycle fashion brand, so all the clothes are made out, made out of used materials and fabrics that we source from local thrift stores. And there's a really awesome recycling center here in Kansas City that Jared works at that we get a lot of materials from as well. And yeah, you know what's crazy is I... Not too long ago, last time I was home, I was going through, like, this box of papers and things from, like, all of my elementary school days, grade school, middle school. And there was this one, um, like, list where I had to write 100 things that I wanted to achieve by, I don't know, whatever age. And I wrote CEO of Mountain Dew, <laughs> which I got the CEO part right. And then I also wrote recycle for the rest of my life. <laughs> and <laughs> recycle for the rest of my life. I, I like... I don't know, I, I don't have the greatest memory. So seeing that really surprised me. Not that I haven't always cared about the Earth's well-being, but mm -hmm. seeing that, it was kind of like, wow, I guess I have kind of always had this inside of me, mm -hmm. which was pretty cool. But yeah, that's what Yvonne Mitchell is, is an upcycled fashion brand that is promoting the use of things that we already have here on Earth so that we're not over-consuming and we are just being creative with what we already have mm -hmm. i want that on a t-shirt what i want, I want recycling <laughs> for the rest of my life on a t-shirt i should put that on a yeah. t-shirt town muse and then <laughs> yeah, town muse and recycling for the rest of my life i love that i'm on it yeah i think it's like yeah it's so cool being around you too because it does feel like something that's so perfect like meant for you guys where it's just you have such a beautiful creative vision that is just so happens to come along with like a beautiful purpose of thank you helping the earth yeah um yeah i wanted to talk about um now yeah i wanted to talk about more about that but um i feel like and jared and i were talking about this mm -hmm. uh one uh, i think it was off the podcast but we we also Jared had the pleasure of being first here, so yeah. it, you, you're going to get some questions that I've now since thought of since I interviewed Jared. Okay, cool. But um, you take on the side of the business, right, that is, like, pretty much the face of it, which it, yeah. obviously Jared is designing and making the clothes, but you're the one who models it and yeah. then also runs the social media accounts. Yeah. What is that like? Ooh. It's, it's really fulfilling, over anything else fulfilling because I the modeling part is really cool that's also something that I've always kind of wanted to do but like my mom was a model and um so I was exposed to a small sliver of that industry um when I was younger and I thought it was so cool she was always doing these cool shows and fashion shoots and I would go to some with her and I just thought that was awesome and so there was a part of me that kind of always wanted to do it but I never, I never really took the step to like go to a casting call or, you know, mm -hmm. I didn't really take that much action towards it. It was just something that was like always in the back of my mind, like, oh, that'd be nice to do. Um, so getting to do that now through Yvonne Mitchell is really awesome because of that reason, but even more so because of what I'm wearing. It's not like I'm just modeling for some random brand. Mm -hmm. It's I'm wearing these insane creations that the person I love makes mm -hmm. so it's just it's the ideal situation and for the business side of things is like really the nitty-gritty of it all 
the modeling gets hard because of self-image issues that mm. every human deals with to where it's like you're you're showcasing yourself to the internet and that I don't really struggle with that much but it definitely is there sometimes so it's not always just like eh, rainbows and butterflies sometimes that's a little hard and can be vulnerable but I love it so and the business side of things is like where I feel the most passionate about is the operational aspect and you know the content creation I I run all of our social media accounts. I built our website. I am the point of contact whenever we're reaching out to brands in terms of collaborations um, and like I'm reading the contracts mm-hmm. and putting together our media kit and all that stuff and determining our rates. And it's really cool because I, um, you and I met at Mizzou's journalism school mm-hmm. and my degree was in strategic communications, which um, is really just a fancy word for digital marketing. Mm-hmm. So I went to school for this and I'm able to put all that knowledge that I absorbed at that amazing school and apply it to the business. And it's it's honestly just like one of my most favorite things ever. And it's so fun. And I don't know, it's weird because I am the face of the brand, like literally kind of because I am modeling. Yeah. But also, like, Jared's the designer, you know? Whenever we first started out, I feel like it was more kind of even-keeled in that way to where we were both sourcing vintage and reselling it. But now it's like the focus is really on Jared's designs, and I've kind of taken more of a back seat, and, like, I'm, like, behind the computer, like, you know what I'm saying? So it's kind of that dynamic's kind of shifting now that we've fully just focused on selling Jared's designs, which is kind of cool. And I don't know. Yeah, especially with the dynamic of him being the de- 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 the designer and me handling like the business side of things, like the CEO role. Yeah. It's not what a lot of people expect in terms of like traditional gender roles. People are like, wait, Jared does the clothes and you do that? Right. Like you handle the finances, you do all that. So that's kind of cool too. I, I like that aspect because not, not everyone expects it. Yeah. And I wanted to talk more about that is that um, that collaboration between the two of you, because yeah. I was just thinking about this. I was just listening. You walked in on a podcast. I was kind of talking about this, um, that uh, sometimes I don't know if you've been in like rooms where like, uh, for example, like a writer's room or something like that, where there's a group of people trying to create one thing. Yeah. Uh, and you kind of have people um, you, you sometimes find people really pushing to get their story in there or their line in there or whatever mm-hmm. it is like they want this to happen yeah and it's like that's not collaboration yeah that, that's that's something else entirely that's you with like some other people in the room yeah so uh, what is it like to I mean collaborate not only with your life partner but then uh also like an artist and yeah. uh because I, I know that mm-hmm. sometimes it's not all smooth sailing Mm-mm. yeah it's it's hard because it's the balance is okay this is a business so you know we want to make money we have to afford things and we want the business to do well but we want to balance that with the creative aspect of if it's not there you can't force it because if you do then you're not going to be proud of it and it there's no guarantee that it'll work the best work is produced whenever you're in that flow and the harsh reality is that that flow 
is so up and down and sometimes it's down for a while and up short and back down or maybe it's up for a long amount of time and it's just you can never count on a cadence it's it's always changing and ever evolving and right now for the past five years that we've been doing Yvonne Mitchell it's just been Jared and I which in some aspects is a little difficult because it's just two people, but in other aspects, that's like less minds that you have to try to balance and, you know, mm -hmm. work process. We found that Jared and I, it kind of works out that when he's down, I'm up and I'm like, I'm right here with you. This is what you got to do. Like, everything's good. And I'm able to talk him through some of the, the hardships that he faces when he's feeling uninspired or unmotivated or whatever and he's able to do the same for me and it's kind of always worked out that way which is nice but being in a business with someone you're also in like an intimate relationship with is a whole other world and honestly we get that question a lot and I I, I never have an answer on like how I'm not sure how somehow it just right. <laughs> works I don't know I yeah. think like I think that comes across the beauty the magic of yeah. it all like it yeah. just like feels natural yeah almost, so. yeah and not to get cheesy, but like love is such a special thing and you can't, it's not tangible. It's just, it's just special t kind of spiritual energy that exists and that carries over into the business that's able to, to pull us through. And at the end of the day, like if something were to happen and this, the business didn't work out or whatever, we know we have each other in the end and that helps too is like, okay, even if this doesn't work out, we still have each other so like if if at and we tell each other also all the time if at any point you don't want to do this anymore like this becomes too much for you or just not fun just communicate that and we'll figure it out wow so that helps too i have to ask is there any fear that comes with that idea that maybe like one day like that Yvonne and Mitchell won't be a thing anymore yeah and Jared and you will be just Jared and you yeah, it's, it is scary sometimes because it's existed for almost our entire relationship. We started it a year into our relationship, and we've been together for six years. So five years it's existed, and it's like sometimes I do have those moments where I have to take a step back and tell myself, Kaylin, nothing is guaranteed. Like if, if, if. Yvonne Mitchell didn't exist anymore like you have to you know like what what would you how would you respond so that is something that crosses my mind because it's like you never know mm -hmm. how, how, what could happen with the business or like especially now we have grown a large audience and we're getting reached out to different people and we've talked about like how cool would it be to work with other brands and help large corporations like Levi's um find a process for repurposing their fabrics and incorporating upcycle clothing as like a, a staple collection. Mm -hmm. um, and if we were to do that, would Yvonne and Mitchell, like would we pause on that or would we just kind of close that chapter and mm -hmm. move on to the, so yeah, that's kind of something that I've been thinking about too. Mm -hmm. And you know, right now here in this very moment, Yvonne and Mitchell is where my heart still is. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't see that happening, but who knows? Right. That could change tomorrow. Right, right. But I don't see that happening. I know, me neither. <laughs> but I was just curious. Um, <laughs> but yeah, why don't we, can you take me to that moment, like that moment that you two sat down and you're like, let's do this thing. Like, let's start this business. What was that going on? Like, what was in your head? What's like step one, step two? Like, is that even happening? Or is it just like, 
Dude, I said this earlier. I do not have a good memory. <laughs> <laughs> so, and sometimes it really bites me in the butt because I wish I could recall. I just remember, I just remember I had seen someone on Instagram that was following at the time um, had started reselling vintage. And I was like, oh, that's a cool idea. And this was before it was really happening on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's a cool idea. And I told Jared. And he was like, yeah, I've actually kind of been thinking of something along those lines. And from there, we just were kind of like, okay, we should do it then. And from what I can remember, it was just kind of like, you know, Jared likes taking photos. That's another thing that we shared was love for photography on top of just thrift thrift shopping was our favorite thing to do. And I was like, what if we just combine all these things together? And instead of just simply posting clothes and reselling them, like it becomes a full story, like an editorial. Mm -hmm. Because that's another thing that I thought I was going to do when I was younger was be like a magazine editor. Mm -hmm. Fun fact, my mom got my name from a Vogue magazine issue, which is crazy. Wow. I know. I didn't know that. I didn't know it either until like a few months ago. She told me, I go, mom, (laughs) this is so critical to my story (laughs) levitating into the air mother (laughs) not just any magazine but vogue i tried to find the issue and i I just couldn't but she said there was an editor named kayla and it was spelled differently Uh that's where she got it that's incredible but yeah we're we're hot i know i know know. (laughs) this is the first time i actually told anyone besides jared that's wild but yeah so it was like you know it jared and i are both visual people and I was like it it can be like this we could tell a story and kind of create our own magazine Mm -hmm. and just you know pay attention to all the little details and infuse our creativity into every aspect of it of like the modeling and the sourcing and whenever we would sell the thrifted clothes the vintage clothes um we curated them into what we call waves which we still call our collection waves today um but we would, you know, put together certain colors so that it all told a story and a theme and it looked really cohesive and visually appealing to the eye. And that's why we chose to sell on Instagram because it just lend well for that idea, mm-hmm. you know, of being able to post the photos and create an editorial visual mm-hmm. on a social media app. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I can't remember all the details. I just remember that we both were kind of on the same wavelength, which happens all the time. We just kind of read each other's minds, and we were both kind of wanting to do this, and we just, we did it. We just said, frick it. Frick let's, it. <laughs> let's just try Put it. that on a t-shirt as well. Frick it. <laughs> Chloe remembers more about the time that I told her oh. about Yvonne Mitchell than I do. <laughs> Chloe could give you a whole spoken history. She literally history could. I wish Yvonne she was Mitchell. here right now. Yeah. Well, well, one of these days we're going to have both of you guys on. Oh. And then, Are you sure you want to do that? Yeah, I'll probably be hogtied <laughs> in the back. <laughs> You're going to be, yeah. yeah. Chloe and I will take over from here. Thank <laughs> yeah. you, sir. You just set it up and we got to handle it. Uh, we got it from here, buddy. <laughs> Thanks for the whatever this is. <laughs> um, yeah, it's crazy because as someone who has two younger sisters, 
uh, I have been firsthand witness to this thrift culture that has taken <laughs> over everything. Isn't but that it, amazing, though? And as so, I I mean, it is ama- uh, sure it is amazing in the sense that yes, we're recycling clothing. Mm-hmm. Look how much clothing there is. Look how much cool like yep. outfits you can come from yep. with like older stuff that you don't need to go and yes. get fast fashion products and yes. beautiful things. Preach, Danny. He's been doing his homework. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> who has a short attention span and a short Mm. patience uh going thrifting with you guys or my sisters here's the thing it's a win it's a a live by the sword die by the sword kind of thing because it's like when i go with y'all i get the best stuff picked out for me and i'm just coming out of there with some of the best clothes i own but at the same time i'm in there forever you don't want to go thrifting with this dude Because, listen, you're going to be looking through the racks, having a sweet old grand old time, and he's going to be in the corner tapping his foot. He's going to be like, are you hungry? Uh, how long have we been in here? Do you want to go yet? All right, I'm ready to leave. Find me find me in the, the aisle with all, like, the weird, like, electronics and, like, the, the like countless uh, coffee makers. Like, those are my favorite places to go. Yeah. The, the thing is, those are usually, like, short-lived, and yeah. you're like, that's not, pretty wild. Not, yeah, you're not like, a big selection. All always. right. Yeah. <laughs> what are y'all doing? Oh, on the same aisle. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I will say that the exact reason you're saying that you're not the, the fondest of thrifting. I saw an opportunity. And that's how the business was born. Right. Was because Jared or, and I. While could, you were on the couch. Yeah, <laughs> we were putting in work. <laughs> paying for college. <laughs> but really though. But I mean, really fact. My marketing brain is just always going. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, opportunity mm-hmm. right here. Jared and I can spend hours happily in a thrift store. I, I could go on multiple a day. Like, I could, it, it does not phase me. There are so many people out there who just did, didn't have the time and didn't want to. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's fine. I'll, I'll do that for you. <laughs> yes. And so that's kind of like how the idea was born was because people would compliment our clothes and what we were wearing on campus. We'd tell people, oh, it's thrifted. Like, what? How did you find that while thrifting? Like, you, you just got to go. You, you don't understand how how many amazing things are in thrift stores. And like, oh, I just don't have the patience. I just don't have the time. You don't have the work ethic. <laughs> Why don't you, don't you say it like that? You don't have the dedication. Not like me. But I was like, not a problem. Let me do it. There is definitely some psychic stuff going on with uh, mm. um, Jared's process and selecting clothes, but also everybody, like yours as yep. well, as, as well as like finding that mm-hmm. when you find that like really, 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 really cool piece mm-hmm. while thrifting, you're like, that was there mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. I was meant to find that. Yes. And yes. It does feel kind of cool when you're like going through racks and racks and racks and then it's like your hand brushes against something and you're like, what was that? And you pull like, out like minute. your favorite jacket Most for the amazing next five thing. years. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It it is it's so cool. There's so many layers to it. Because with vintage clothing specifically, back in the day before society was as technolo- technologically advanced, it took so much time and effort to make these pieces. And that time and energy doesn't just like poof. You know what I'm saying? Just because you can't see it. I truly believe those items hold all of that. And also the stories. And, and the feelings of those that wore those pieces. And, you know, you could choose not to believe it, but it, it does exist. And I just, it, 
for me, it's a spiritual experience. It really is. And like you said, it feels so special and unique to you because like when you go into a thrift store, you don't know what you're going to get. And you, you, you can't, you could go in with an idea of, oh, this is what I want. But you also have to have an understanding that there's a good chance you might not find it, mm-hmm. but you could find something better. You right. just never know. And you kind of just surrender and leave it to the ether. Mm-hmm. And then you you have those really cool experiences where you find something that's so unique to you. Like, what? How is this in here? Mm-hmm. And it's special. It's special. Right. Uh, I want to go back to something that we um, talked before I go into that. I just had this thought go through my head that okay. I never hit record on the camera, but I'm pretty sure I did. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I did. Danny? Danny. I did. Oh, my God. So that happens sometimes. <laughs> where just, like, just the director just the, panic. Yeah, that thought that just Mid like, like mid conversation and the thought flies through your brain where you're like, uh, "Oh damn, we pop bottles." Bubbly. <laughs> and uh, you're like, "Oh my god, did I even turn on the camera?" <laughs> the crippling anxiety. If the red light is not flashing. Bro, I, as someone who's done like documentaries and interviews and stuff like halfway through an interview, especially when you have a like good follow-up mm. question and then this just like crashing thought of like did the you mic's adjust not the on. iso the mic's <laughs> <Yeah>. not on <laughs> hey buddy uh <laughs> how about we go back to the fundamentals <laughs> 30 minutes into a fucking interview <laughs> anyway a nightmare danny wakes up <laughs> wakes up in the middle of the night <laughs> in sweats yes, these are, those are sleep paralysis demons <laughs> for sure yeah no it's not like a figure in the night it's just the big blinking record light <laughs> get away from me anyway um you said something earlier about putting your face out there on the internet mm-hmm. and that's something i've actually been experiencing anxiety like yesterday last night about <laughs> like, today like literally all the time just with this podcast and everything and being mm. like putting yourself so out there on mm. the internet like because y'all motherfuckers are crazy yeah and um how do you deal with that because I'm, I need some, I need some tips. It's such an odd dynamic, because we have this device where a piece of ourselves, for all we know, lives indefinitely, and we can go back to it and overanalyze it. Before you had like an awkward interaction with somebody in person, or like you you had a performance, and it was kind of just like, ah, oh, that's in the past. Now it's it's living somewhere. So not only can you go back and analyze it a million times, but other people can. And that thought can be very crippling. Yeah. And honestly, where I'm at right now, I believe that that never goes away fully. It just gets easier as you do it to where at first I would spend days thinking about it and overanalyzing and caring way too much about what people might be perceiving. Now I get that feeling and maybe it's gone in like 15 minutes, 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. It's just like the, the recovery time gets quicker and quicker. So it's like, I try to tell myself, you know, when those feelings arise to not be too hard on myself. Cause at first I was like, Oh, you know, it's, it's three years in. And I'm still, I'm still insecure about this, or I'm still overthinking it. And I'd get so frustrated at myself. You, you should be over this by now. Now I show myself a little more grace. Like this is, you're human. So this is a good sign that you're still human. Mm-hmm. 
and I just get over it. I just get over it quicker. But it's it's hard because especially, you know, art is an expression. And so you're you're showing people like this really intimate side of yourself, like this world that's lived inside your head for so long is like tangible now and other people can see it. And it's it's really vulnerable at times. And at first it was hard, especially for some reason I was really insecure or maybe just like um, anxious about what people from my childhood or like high school would think. Mm -hmm. Do you ever experience that? Oh, yeah. Like, for some reason, like, the high school. It's middle school. Like yeah, yeah. era of Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of, like, goes back to this weird, uh, it's almost like, it's almost inner child-like. Yes. Is the inner child insecurities. So maybe that's seen. what it is. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. But, I mean, specifically with you uh, being a woman um, yeah. and being w the industry that you're in, mm -hmm. which is very uh, all-around body image, mm -hmm. um, you must deal with people on the internet saying things all the time. Well, you know what? I actually, I haven't really encountered very, like, any type of weird sexualization or comments from people surprisingly I recently there was like one from I think a spam account mm -hmm. that's just because we've grown a lot recently so we're getting more of these random just eh, and those are easy to ignore but the weird thing is is we had a video that did well like the best video and it reached millions of people and People were saying nice things about my body in the photos where the clothes are being shown. And you would think that that would make me feel better. Mm. But it made me insecure, mm. as weird as that sounds. And it's not like they were saying nice things. So I was grateful for that. Like, that's nice. But it, it made me aware that people were aware and like looking at me. Mm. And then it's like, oh, okay, now I'm very self-aware of how I look and that people are looking at how I look and that it, they're perceiving me. And that was, that was an odd feeling. Mm -hmm. That was an odd feeling mm -hmm. because you think that like, especially because I, I struggle with body image issues still to this day. And you would think that that would make me feel better mm -hmm. and it didn't right which is just so weird and so that's just it's kind of like okay am I gonna let those demons keep me from doing something that makes me happy at the end of the day no mm -hmm. I'm not I'm not going to doesn't mean it's always easy but that side of me that just wants to do what I love ends up winning thank God and not letting those those fears and insecurities take over mm. but yeah, it's funny that you say that because I'd never really thought about it until that situation. Yeah, um, it's almost because you think you're like, oh, someone is going to say something mean to me. Mm -hmm. And the answer to that is to uh, uh, kind of cater to it, you know, mm -hmm. to almost be like, OK, I'm going to fix this so mm -hmm. that no one can ever say that ever again. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you realize that even when they say 
the good things, the things that you wanted them to say, that there's still a, like an insecurity and issue. Yeah. And that maybe it's not an answer. Yes. Kind of thing, and maybe it's a question. Kind yes. Of thing. Yes. Yeah. And also like bodies are, are ever changing and I've changed a lot in the last couple of years, mm-hmm. like just with different things I've dealt with in my life, my body has changed a lot. And it's like that almost for a split second, my ego was like, don't let your body change again. Like, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm trying to say? That's Mm -hmm. really kind of vulnerable for me to say. Yeah. I I mean, I I don't (laughs) like I I've had body uh, dysmorphia, like uh, things about my body that I've really, really wanted to change. Yeah. Things about my body that I have worked really hard to change. Mm hmm. I will never understand it quite like uh, a woman would. Um, I, I, you know, still valid though. Still valid, but uh, just Different the way. way we've structured society. Yeah. Um, th- I will. will quite, yeah. You know, it's not as live or die for me. Yeah. As uh, for for you guys. Um, so thank you for being so vulnerable. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate. <laughs> I didn't expect to get that deep uh-huh. right there, but um, yeah, it's it's something that crosses my mind a lot too because it's like, you know, we're we're constantly taking photos of these pieces all the time and like for experiments which is one of our instagram pages it's more of like a creative catalog Mm -hmm. for jared's one-off projects to where he's he just makes a random thing and we take photos of it to post and it's not a part of like the curated collections Mm -hmm. and you know it's like we're taking those multiple times a week and you want to take them to share with the world and because he's so proud of them and also um, to sell. But then it's like one day if I'm if I am not seeing myself in the best light mm-hmm. and then I'm like posing and then I have to go back and edit these photos and then post them myself to the website. And I'm just like it's so, most of the time I'm OK. Mm-hmm. I've learned over the years how to combat some of those thoughts. But sometimes some days are harder than others and it's it's almost like an echo chamber yeah 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 (laughs) going i have experienced it (laughs) listening to years of my own interviews (laughs) and you're like wow you asked that (laughs) or today junior (laughs) you know (laughs) but that's that's that is amazing um what so i talked a little bit with jared about this and obviously you know him better than i but um he is his lovely peaceful zen libra Libra. self when asked about uh what it feels like to be like have you know celebrities people of note reach out to you we won't name any names (laughs) but reach out to you about your product about stuff that you worked very very hard on and uh, have sometimes asked for custom pieces, mm-hmm. asked for a lot from you guys yeah. to just never really even use it yeah. or thank you yeah. or anything. Yeah. Well, how do you? How is it uh, navigating that world? It's a weird mix of emotions because first and foremost, it's an honor and it's exciting because it's like I think of little Kaylin and little Jared who saw this for themselves it's like holy crap it's really happening and like you work towards this and for it to come to fruition is 
really cool. Also, though, you know, it's like, yeah. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I... On one hand, it's great. It's You're great. You're like, let's go. It's Look great. At these blue checks in my DMs. But then it's like, yeah, you know, like I, but, I, I deserve this. Right. Like, I, I'm. When do you start thinking of yourself as a blue <laughs> check? You know, like being yeah, like, it's like, wait, you're coming to me. Yes, it's like I, I am. This is awesome, and I'm so grateful. But also, I deserve this, and uh-huh. like, yeah, this is happening. Right. I, I can't be that surprised because I, I dreamt it mm-hmm. and I wanted it, and now it's happening. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, right. it's so it's, it's kind of cool and weird in that aspect also though with fashion in particular i'm glad we're talking about this because i don't know if i've talked to, about this like on the record right outside <laughs> of our little our, our group friend our sacred circle so, yeah, our, our sacred circle but the candles are lit don't give away the secret sauce <laughs> You're giving away too much. Oh, well done, well done. I didn't tell them the brand of candles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Okay, okay. Slow your roll, buddy. Slow your roll. Drink the bubbly. <laughs> you talk. Your turn. Your turn. <laughs> okay, so with the fashion industry, it is so intricate. I'll use that word, intricate. There's so much behind the scenes that Maybe I'm naive, but I feel like the common person would not know. They'd be like, what? But, you know, you would think in a perfect world where capitalism doesn't exist, (laughs) you would think that these, these celebrities and wealthy people would buy the pieces from designers that they love. Right? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I, dr- I dream of the day where X, you know, mm-hmm. spends $10,000 on my business getting custom designs. Mm-hmm. When in reality, they expect it for free because of who they are. Mm-hmm. And I get it. Because like I said earlier, I have a marketing brain and I'm in the marketing industry. I understand. I understand that by someone who is seen and photographed a lot, how someone like them wearing your stuff would be profitable for your business because people would be like, oh, what are they wearing? And then ideally they'd turn to you and you would get new customers. But that's not always guaranteed. And that never, that always rubbed me the wrong way. Because if I'm gonna give someone something for free, I wanna give it to somebody who really, really needs it and can't afford it, you know? Because with Yvonne Mitchell, all the stuff is custom. It's one of one. It's handmade. It's made out of recycled materials, which are limited, high-quality vintage materials. And so there's a lot of factors going into it that make the items pricey. Mm-hmm. It's an investment. Yeah. Including the hours spent. Mm-hmm. I mean, we already talked to Jared about how long yep. he ta- he spends um, yep. working on these pieces, how much manpower he puts into it, and now you're telling us all that you do, which is a lot. A lot, yeah. There's a lot that goes into it, and so we want to price them fairly. And it's an investment. And so instead of gifting all these people who could easily afford many, many pieces from our business... I'd rather 
give those free pieces to people who can afford it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And in, in the world of fashion, it's like these stylists reach out to you and they're like, hey, love your designs. I dress so-and-so. I'm styling them for a photo shoot next week. No, actually in reality. I'm selling them for a photo shoot in two days. Yeah. Can you send all these pieces, overnight them, get them to us, and maybe, maybe they'll wear them. We'll put them up on the rack. And then they ghost you and you never hear from them. And (laughs) when we first started out, we were just so caught up in the fact that people were asking to wear Yvonne Mitchell for photo shoots that we were like, you know, we moved with caution, but we were giddy. And we were like, oh, okay, yeah, sure, here. You know, there was this one situation, and it was for a big event that was huge. And for an artist that Jared and I genuinely have listened to for many, many, many years. And their stylist reached out and said, do you have any pieces that you could send us? And Jared stayed up until... We were at the thrift store whenever we got the email, thankfully. We sourced materials, went back. Jared stayed up all night until like 4 a.m. working on this piece so we could overnight it the next day and get it all packaged up, personalized, no, just, you know. Got it to them. Sadly, it didn't end up getting there in time, even though it was supposed to be overnighted. It got there late. They didn't end up wearing it. That piece is still with them. I've reached out asking for it back, and they're like, oh, well, they still really like it, so they're hoping to wear it for an event, but it just hasn't happened yet. It's been almost a year now, and we still haven't gotten it back. And that's happened a few times with a few different stylists. It's like they ask you for the, you know, they request this tall task for these pieces, and you put all your time and attention and money and hopes, and hopes with no guarantee that this person will wear it, and you might get some business and some recognition. And it just, you know... It just, it just has always rubbed me the wrong way. And so we kind of, we reeled back and don't really do it very often. We didn't recently. We agreed that we would only do it for somebody that is like, we have a list of people. If they want something, we'll make it happen because we genuinely like them. Mm-hmm. And, and yes, and love their art. So it's an art exchange. Yeah. But, you know, it's like, especially with the type of business, other businesses that have like multiple items in stock, it's easier for them to just send out pieces, but everything's one of one. So it's limited. We don't just have like a bunch of stuff to just send out for free and, you know, just kind of like let it get lost. I don't know. So that is something that we had to learn. And now I wrote up a contract that stylists have to sign that says you will return this item by this day or else you pay this amount and they have to sign it if they want to get the piece. Mm. I learned quickly. Yeah. <laughs> and it's worked. Yeah. But and that I feel like has been a lot of your journey has been like learning on the fly. Oh learning, yeah. Which is yeah. Exhausting sometimes. Yeah. But um Well because Jared and I have no background in fashion, so it's like we weren't we weren't educated in this. We it's, it's just all first hand experience. Right. Which Honestly, maybe someone who is thinking about getting into this will hear this interview. And yeah. Hopefully they'll get a little bit ahead of the curve. But I hope so. Instead of focusing on that annoying stuff on the side, I want to get into what could possibly happen for you guys, for your business, how we could like work around, something like that. And to me, I think it all happens here. 
it all happens here in Kansas City. Yes. It starts with, because you guys chose KC. Yes. You've chosen Kansas City. Yes. You're the one who's come up with the Kansas City song. <laughs> that you sing Kansas on first City. <laughs> oh, I love you. Kansas City. You're so pretty and divine. Wow. That's as far as I got. <laughs> hold up. Hold up. <laughs> Did I just come out of a uh, sound of music? <laughs> Maybe that's where it's coming from. Hey, let's get her on the stage. That is come the on, Kansas guys. City song. That is the Kansas City song. And it just came to me one day. Right. And so I don't know. Like, how do you see yourself and your brand collaborating with this city mm. for the future? Even before we moved to Kansas City, I'd always told Jared. I just feel like I'm always going to have a home base in Missouri. And I feel like Kansas City is that home base for us. Like, no matter where we go in the world, we're always going to have a place here. Whether that be an actual home or a showroom, a store, a studio. Like, it, I feel like Kansas City is at the heart of what we do. And just... As a city represents who we are, and I don't really know how to describe it. It's just like the community here is so special, especially the artist community. And with places like Kansas City, especially when you're when you're talking fashion, it's it's not at the top of the list. Right. You got New York, you got LA, mm -hmm. you got Paris. Mm -hmm. And one of our biggest missions is to bring more light to Kansas City and other places like it mm -hmm. that are often overlooked. And we want to show that, you know, these places can be just as amazing as yeah. long as you make it. It's all what you make it. Right. And we chose Kansas City and we said we're going to make it this amazing place for us, even though we have people close to us telling us, you know, are you sure you want to do that? And they were just looking out for us, mm -hmm. and we appreciate that. But we, you know, there's an appeal to the challenge. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to places like Kansas City, I just, it, the word grounding comes to mind, mm. which is so important for me personally. And especially whenever you're in an industry like fashion that's like the glitz and the glamour and I feel like having a balance in everything is so important and for me and Jared and just like Yvonne Mitchell Kansas City is that grounding it's that home base like it brings us back to our roots of like purpose mm -hmm. and community and it's, you know, we chose to come here to Kansas City not really knowing if it was a good idea. We just felt it in our hearts. We were like, we just feel like we need to be there. And we couldn't have made a better decision. And, you know, even the place that Jared works at, Scraps KC, it's like one of the biggest craft recycling centers in the country. We had no idea that existed before we came here. Mm -hmm. But the fact that that exists, like, it was just, you know, one of the many things that was just a, a signal of we're here for, for a reason. Like, this was, this is the right place to be. Mm. 
you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just, I feel like there aren't as many, um, as many fashion brands or people in fashion here, but that doesn't mean there's none at all. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a lot, maybe not as much as those other places, but like, I, I feel like that's all the more reason to just to stay here mm-hmm. for as long as it feels good mm-hmm. and just just try to bring more light to that community and just the artist community in general, like all you, all of our friends, like we're we're all in doing these different things, but it's all surrounded by art, which is all surrounded by love and self-expression. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah, I think it comes a little bit back to uh, your mission statement, which is using what's right in front of you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of, um, I mean, the bigger picture in this country, I think a huge part of it is because a lot of young people feel the f- that they need to be in specific places in order mm-hmm. to succeed. They need yes. to be on the coast. They need to be in New York. They need yep. to be in L.A. And so yep. you see a lot of kids, especially in the middle of the country, kind of uh say peace yep i'm taking my talents to south beach mm-hmm. and there they go and then you see well, like why is the whole middle of the country thinking this way mm-hmm. why is this well mm-hmm. a big part of it is because a whole lot of culture a yep. whole lot of fire a whole lot of energy yep uh has first has i mean there's a lot of history that's paved the way for it, but ha- but really it comes down to a decision, and the decision is that there's more opportunity out there than there is here. Yep. And I think um, what you guys do, you guys, how many years you're in? Five. Five. Five years at deep into this business, you're we're we're peeking around the bend. I feel it in my bones <laughs> that we're like really seeing uh, a lot of the hard work about to pay off, and. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it, yeah. it comes back to that we you, you guys use what's right in front of you, mm-hmm. and you have this huge this city full of beautiful people, yes. full of beautiful yes. creatives, full of beautiful yes. untapped potential. Yes, and you have made the decision to not go to the coast mm-hmm. and stay right here. Yep, and we're about to see what happens. Yeah, and I think good things are on the way for you. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's. It's like, you know, with thrifting, it's it's seeing the beauty and what might not always be deemed beautiful mm-hmm. and like seeing the opportunity and trash and turning it to treasure. And we, we saw the opportunity in Kansas City. It w- wasn't trash. There was just people who were overlooking it or thinking that it just wasn't adequate enough compared to other places like you just said. And so, yeah, we I think that's that's one of the biggest reasons why we're here is because we saw that, that beauty that may, it, it takes a certain eye to see. Maybe you mm-hmm. saw it, mm-hmm. Chloe saw it, all of our friends saw it. Yeah. And yeah, it's, I saw this TikTok earlier today and it was, um, of this woman saying that she grew up in Missouri, raised her family here, and now they're leaving just because of the political climate and they just don't want to raise their kids and, and what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. And seeing that, I was like, damn, like, I feel that like that it makes me sad and I was like should like is then I start thinking about my own future here and quickly I was like Kaylin Kane this is exactly why you're here mm-hmm. if, if you leave just like these people then it's who's left <laughs> you know like you no matter how hard it is you just for however long it feels good you just have to stay and 
bring light and bring what you can to the space because it'll help. You can't run away from the problems. You have to address it and try to fix it and heal it. Right. <laughs> so I mean, look where we are now. We're in the midst of a, one of the biggest used bookstores in the country. Uh, these books have gone through many lives. Mm-hmm. And repackage them and resell them and put, give them yep. a new home. Yep. These stories change lives. Yes. So... Thank you so much for being on the podcast. <laughs> I feel like we're going to wrap it up here. But We've been talking just for so long. So you guys know there are some wonderful, wonderful, lovely, lovely artists here in the middle of the country that are using what we have already mm-hmm. to create just more love, more yeah. beauty. And, and treasure. Uh, hopefully one of these days soon we're going to see a brick and mortar Yvonne and Mitchell shop up in somewhere in kansas city river market market. people better start getting in their pitches because uh it's about to be that i'll be waiting (laughs) all right thanks so much for being with us that's prospero's pit bye (laughs) (laughs) prospero's pit it just rolls off the tongue